Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tink. Yeah. Kojo, what about you? You seem a little too calm for the kind of storm that we've had to weather in the last 12 hours, if you like. Um, I just think that it's part of the, as a, so to speak, some of the policies that we've implemented in our football. So it doesn't come as a surprise to me. I just generally believe that if we had gone over uh, to the next stage, it would have been very criminal and very be unfair on football because we didn't deserve to go through. So we basically ripped what we, we've sold. That is if we sold anything at all. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, for that comment. Let's see. On July 2, 2010, the Black Stars of Ghana came within a penalty kick away from being a top two or top four nation in the world. That was at the 2010 World Cup, where their performances rallied an entire Pan-African movement carrying and bearing the souls of over one billion people on the continent. The football they played was crisp, it was efficient, it was structured. The players were young, they were hungry. The manager was tactically astute. That was the moment everyone in this country was proud to say, that's my black stars. If you have good memory, then you would know that they matched Serbia's grit, obviously, marching Germany's flair, and then they showed enough fortitude to get past the USA and into the quarterfinals. And at the time, there was quite a lot of people all around the world that knew their name, the Black Stars. And that, for me, is the peak and the heights that the Black Stars have reached in the past and now. And we may not have won an AFCON trophy in over 40 years. But the one thing that this country has always taken pride in is the fact that their country had always played some very good football. What we witnessed on Monday night was just a bunch of people pretending to be representing the Black Stars of Ghana. The football was ponderous. The manager looked clueless. And in the end, we got what we deserved. Potentially another exit at the group stage of the Africa Cup of Nations. There was once a time when the bare minimum for the Blasters going into any tournament was to reach the semi-finals. And in fact, it happened between 2006 and 2017. The Black Stars reached every single tournament semi-final except for that 2006 competition in Egypt. But we're falling off so badly that now we actually go to Africa Cup of Nations tournaments 
we promised to players that we will pay them qualification bonuses for making it out of the group stages of the Africa Cup of Nations. So in other words, we are falling off so badly that now we think that people deserve to be paid in excess of $30,000 each just for qualifying out of the group stages. And maybe that is a recognition of where we truly are. But by virtue of the caliber and the quality of players we paraded and took to this competition, or to the past one, there is no single soul in the world that can convince me that we should be outplayed the way we were against Cape Verde. That we should be outperformed the way we were against Mozambique. In the game against Cape Verde, Ghana had one shot on target. Kivet have topped an Afghan group with Ghana and Egypt. In a game against Mozambique, this would fascinate you. Both Ghana and Mozambique contested 110 duels. In fact, Mozambique contested 110 duels. The Blasters contested 111 duels. You want to put a guess on the win percentage? Mozambique won a whopping 63% of all of those duels. You know what that means? It means they had more heart, more desire, and more hunger. Because why in the world would Blasters players come up against Mozambicans challenging for balls, and on 63% of the time, the Mozambicans won the ball? In Ghana, we call them the 50-50 ball. So where's the fight? And this was in the game that Ghana desperately needed to win. Who should be showing more hunger, more desire? Who should be? Is it Mozambique? Lots of people in a more serious dispensation heads would be rolling. People would have been resigning in droves. I was at the Afghan in 2019 when Egypt hosted, and even then there were emergency hosts. They got kicked out of the competition in the knockout stages. After that, the entire executive committee of the Egyptian FA, including the president, stepped down. They resigned from their position because they thought the performance of the team was unacceptable and that they had failed the Egyptian people. You know what happened in the next AFCON? Egypt went all the way to the final. That is accountability. Where is the accountability in our case? The coach was asked if he would resign. He says he has nothing to say about that. GFO officials are walking about. Nobody has even said anything as of yet. And when it was time for them to even go to the journalists who had made the trip to Cote d'Ivoire and answer some questions for their performances, they did not. They caused a standoff between the, the, the players and the journalists. 
No FA officials went to deliver nothing. Nobody gave any answers. No one gave any explanations. It's like business as usual. No one cares. Really? Where's the accountability? And when it was time for people to take responsibility, you know what they did? They sent a 23-year-old Mohammed Kudus to go to the press conference and go and speak to the journalists. Where's the captain? Where are the other senior players? Where's the apology? Where's the responsibility? Where's the accountability? After the 2014 World Cup, there was a massive discord between the fans and the Black Stars of Ghana. And through various tournaments, we had tried to rebuild that love, but it was always a delicate affair that would snap in the midst of the slightest stress. And yet, what do we do? We started by deciding that we were taking the team to South Africa to camp. You know what that did to the fans? It angered them. They had to be forced to come back and camp in Ghana. And then in the day leading up to the crucial last group game against Mozambique, the biggest trending topic was bonuses of players and how much they stood to be paid if they made it out to the group stages. And so a lot of the fans were angered yet again. I think people forget that the Brazil 2014 World Cup gave a lot of the fans post-traumatic stress disorder. And every time bonuses and the blasters are mentioned in the same sentence, the immediate reaction of every single fan is, let the team get kicked out. And then they can come home so we can save money. Why must it always be like that? So we are here again at a crossroads. We've had opportunities upon opportunities to reset our football. And each time we have failed. We failed after the Brazil fiasco. We failed after we got kicked out in the round of 16 in Egypt. We failed after the group stage exit in 2022. We are here again. Another defining moment. How many opportunities do we need to reset our football? People have questions to answer. And for those questions, I will go to Victor Achutamaklu to ask questions of many of the people responsible for this catastrophe. Achu. That was very good. But we shooting first. Um, I think I was one of those who felt that given the circumstances and the candidates available, he was better placed than Otoado, better placed than George Boatin and all of them lot to coach the Black Stars. Not only in terms of his body of work, but also we needed a personality that will address some of the difficult issues like handling the transition of players like Andre Ayew. And true to his word, in the first game he did, he dropped Andre, only to then start him in the next game in Madagascar. And for me, since that moment, through the qualifiers for the AFCON, through 
the World Cup qualifiers at the beginning, how we struggled to put away matches, how we struggled to look decent for me, the alarm bells started ringing in my head. And I think that everything that Chris Hilton has done up until this point does not show that he deserves to continue as Black Stars coach. If you look at all of the problems that he was supposed to solve, I mentioned the issue of transitioning the team from its old legs or its reliance on the old legs to a new reliable unit with a better future, a brighter future. He's filled at that. So there's still the conversation of Andre Ayew and whether or not he should be in the team criminally. Someone aced it. Someone handled that transition period in 2010 seamlessly. Right. It was not a problem for Milo van Rijevac. He didn't blink when he had to drop Steven Appiah, when he had to drop Solim Montari in the games when he needed to drop him. In fact, Lai Kingston lost his place in the World Cup in that year because of one bad tackle on Bernard Yaokumoji. Those were how high the standards were, such that even beyond the technical aspects, if you misbehave in a certain manner, you won't get in. But all of that was done to essentially prepare the ground and allow Andre Ayew and his group at that time to get into the team, get control in terms of game experience, build a certain the national team character of the Black Stars specifically. And because Andre and that group genuinely were good, were able to kick on from there. Yeah. This was the responsibility Chris Hilton had. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to do that. In, in the past, we have tried to justify that by saying that Andre was important for the cultural reset the team needed. But I'm sorry, Andre is a very polarizing figure. He's not a player you can drop when he's in the national team. Mm -hmm. He's not a player you can decide not to call when he says he hasn't retired. So... It is not one of those situations where, like Steve Napier, you could say you are ignoring him or like Asamajan. There's too much at stake. <laughs> the name alone creates problems. And what was needed, what ought to have happened was a clean break, a bloodless surgery, if you like, mm -hmm. to cut ties and realize that, look, this is it. This is, this is a, a behemoth that we're dealing with. And we have to take the bullets now with all of the issues that it comes with. Because when you have Andre in the team, you cannot drop him. Because things like necessary record, which for which reason yesterday he had to start, will happen. And if you do not have spine, you will play him. Otherwise, why, do you, why did Chris Hilton have to look journalists in the face and give that ridiculous answer by saying that, oh, Joseph Pinsel had to go off because he was fatigued. If it is fresh legs and energy you want, was Andre the answer? The paradox of it. If it is fresh legs, energy, application that you want, the oldest man in the team who is on his last legs, who can't run? He is the guy you go to for that answer. It makes no sense. But as I have said, it is the problem with Andre Ayu. When he is in the team, he has to play. So, in, so that bit the coach field. In terms of the technical job itself, Player selection. Those three matches. Not just the three matches. And for me, I'm saying that he has not done enough to, to keep his job because of everything he's done from the day he was appointed up until now. So it is not just a knee-jerk reaction because we have failed to win. Even if we somehow manage to 
progress to the round of 16, I was still insist that, look, the coach has not done enough to retain his job. By virtue of the performances. Of the team. Mm. When a coach takes a team, you want to see his influence in the various aspects of the way the team plays. Yeah. So in terms of player selections, there has to be an improvement. And that improvement reflects in how the team plays defensively and attack-wise. And it is, I'm saying to you that if you go through every one of the games that the Black Stars have played since Chris Hilton came, there's not a single game that you could say this was a complete performance. Not one. Curiously, we have only won games at the Babaira Sports Stadium. Heart attack football. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Every time. And you see, beyond the fact that the football looked disfigured often, one of the things that I did not understand was his in-game management, and that was highlighted in this tournament. So you, you are talking here about the structural adjustment, the tactical tweaks the coaches will make as the game progresses to address real-time in-game scenarios ostensibly to keep your team in a position of advantage, right? Coaching in its simplest form is creating scenarios as much as possible that allows your key actors, your best players, to be involved in the game in the manner that suits your team, mm -hmm. allows you to create the best chances or essentially achieve your objectives. So if you want to defend and protect an advantage, those tactical adjustments have to end with that. Mm -hmm. If it is a goal that you're looking for, once you make those changes with time, we have to see the team build momentum, create some chances, and with a bit of luck, put those chances away. When you watch Chris Hilton's Black Stars, you don't get that. The, the substitutions, curiously, leave the team worse than before. It's almost as if he's trying to self-destruct. I have no idea. The Joseph Pencil substitution. It made no sense. Against Egypt. Babai Drusu. Against Kivet. So you, are, you have a situation where the coach is not able to build a team. All of the hours on the training ground does not matter. And when the real game starts, that you expect that he can influence the games. His decisions, his, the, the moves that he makes on the tactical board are always counterproductive. And they come to bite, to bite us in the backside. And this fixation, uh, actually, of always having... To, to hold in and play matches behind closed doors, away from the prying eyes of... The no media. value whatsoever. I have never understood it. No value it's whatsoever. Like you're hiding Look, to, to, to do... This is what you've been doing it betrays, behind doors? It betrays a basic misunderstanding of the times we're in and also the need to bridge the gap between the team and its followers. That is the supporters. Because once you come to understand that, look, people are upset and that the team has been detached from its people for a long time, you will take steps to address that. One of those is to make the team accessible. Look, the reality is that the Black Stars, as we have it today, is more of a diaspora team. So they come at least... There's no connection. No connection with the people. They come... And that is why when you watch the Black Stars, they don't reflect what the typical Ghanaian is. They and give up so why, easily. And that is why, you know, when you take a look at some of the stats, it reveals a lot. Like duels contested, for example. Why are Mozambicans winning, winning more duels? They, they, it in doesn't a game matter. Why the Black Stars needed more? It doesn't because look, nobody's putting heart and soul in. It nobody's putting body on the line. It doesn't matter to them because the coach has not been able to change that broken culture in that dressing room. But also, the sports and the Ghana Football Association have created an enabling environment for that rubbish attitude. How do you tell me that for a team that was making the Afcon?
service yeah. at a given suddenly is now being rewarded for making it out of the group stage. <laughs> what are you communicating to the players when you do that? You are essentially telling them that, you know what, you can draw three games. Three. Once you qualify, here's $30,000 for you. So here's the biggest example. They just got two points. If somehow they miraculously qualify out of the group, miraculously, they would get paid $30,000 over. It is because, oh, look, this rubbish football. It is because the people who have been entrusted to manage the resources of this country do so with no principles and with no appreciation of the times. That we, how do you preach austerity to the average Ghanaian and then you turn around and make decisions like this? And that is why, for example, every single Ghanaian will say, you know what, come home, come home, you know. Kojo, he's spoken about the coach. Uh, in your intro, you spoke about Reaping what we've put in. Where do you... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.